0: Hi, I'm your host, Pratik Panda, and you're listening to Impulse, the influencer marketing podcast by Philip. Here, we talk to the best and brightest in influencer marketing to help answer all your questions from finding the right influencers to making sure you have the best influencer marketing strategy. So let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Impulse, the influencer marketing podcast. Joining me today is Liang Chiu, an influencer marketing and brand partnerships professional with over two decades of experience. Liang is currently the director of influencer marketing and brand partnerships for Brand Social Watch, and he's here to share a bunch of his learnings around influencer marketing, and it's going to be a very exciting episode, so hang around with us. Thanks a lot, Liang, for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting. All right, so I'm going to start off with my... Typical first question for all of my guests, right? I want to hear from you what is one hot, controversial take that you have about influencer marketing. Something that you believe in, but maybe
1: not everybody agrees to. Sure. So in terms of influencer marketing, that it's also hard for people to understand is that brands often think doing influencer marketing is great and it's wonderful But when it comes to implementing, they get scared and then don't know where to begin. And so that makes them go back and forth in terms of if they should do it or not. And so that also makes it difficult for someone like me. And that type of situation, I basically had to do a lot more educational forms for them to understand how everything works and how we can make things easy and painless in that way. Okay, that's interesting. So there are two things that I want to dive deeper over there, right?
0: You said that a lot of times brands would like the idea of influencer marketing, but don't really know where to start. So according to you, where should they start? If they've figured that, hey, influencer marketing sounds like an exciting thing, everybody's talking about it,
1: looks like we should do it. So where do we start? Yeah, so one thing that they should start is to identify their product what type of target audience they're trying to reach and um, what type of budget they want to allocate for the influencer program. And of course, there's a perception that influencers typically collaborate on a pay-per-post capacity. So that scares people off because if that's the case, the influencer campaign, the cost can go sky high. And so if you do know what the outcome may be. So in terms of influencer marketing, there's ways to work with influencers, maybe on a commission or revenue share type of model or flat fee plus commission. And there's even lots of platforms out there that allows the brands or companies to work with influencers in all these types of different ways. So it's basically up to the brand to understand how they want to proceed. And then I can help them navigate through all these different sort of choices. Awesome. So tell me a little bit more about this. Last week, I was
0: talking to another one of our guests and we were talking more about how influencer marketing is slowly now moving more around performance measurement and ROI as well. It's not just about Branding anymore, right? So, do you see that? Like, you the reason I'm asking you this is because you mentioned about reaching out to influencers and not necessarily just working on a per post model, but also talking to them about a revenue share model or you know, things like that. Do you think there are enough
1: creators or influencers who are ready for that kind of model? You're right. So, a lot of the the brands want to see the performance from the influencers, so there's still some uphill challenges to get a lot of the influencers agree to collaborate on a performance-based or revenue-share type of model. But things are slowly getting better in terms of there are influencers out there that's willing to experiment and see if the brands would offer them a small flat fee. And then there's that component of revenue-share And then, of course, there are also platforms out there that helps brands working with influencers based solely on the revenue share model. So I know a lot of the digital advertising governing sort of body have been discussing this type of topic last couple of years. So there's really been a push to get influencers to work on a performance-based capacity. So I think within the next uh, maybe year or two, there'll be even more influencers that's willing to accept this particular format of partnership. Got it. That sounds promising.
0: Tell us a little bit more about CTI International and your role there. So
1: CTI International or Brand Social Watch is founded by a former executive of uh, Berkshire Hathaway that manage their Asia operations. And so when he came back stateside, he already have a lot of connections with celebrities as well as media moguls and CEOs and whatnot. So then he founded Brand Social Watch to help brands leverage celebrities to be their brand ambassadors and then offering the influencer marketing services. So it's been operating for more than 15 years. And so I was brought in since I actually met the CEO and founder in 2010. We established a pretty good friendship over the years. And so in 2016, when I joined a fashion e-commerce company similar to like a Fashion Nova, and I leveraged Brand Social Watch to help find influencers that were willing to work with us on a revenue share type of model. So the CEO was helping us find celebrities and even up-and-coming celebrities to promote our brand. And I saw the immediate success after the influencers were ramping up. And so that was my sort of entry into Brand Social Watch after being at a fashion e-commerce company prior. Got
0: it. And part of your role is also to identify and recruit new influencers into CTI, right? So that you could partner with them and work with brands. Tell me a little bit about how you go ahead and identify who the right influencer should be that brand social should work with.
1: Yeah, so finding influencers, it's just like finding a candidate for a job. So first, I would scour through the Instagram or YouTube or TikTok, whichever platform these influencers are on, and I would look at their insights and analytics to see how are their engagements, their reach, and their authenticity, and do a lot of vetting to see if their followers are real or not, and then reach out to some of the brands that they worked with in the past, and then see basically like getting some of the reference checks to see how they work and whatnot. So this is basically the process I would go through to find influencers for us to work with. Awesome. And is this fairly
0: manual, the whole research part, or do you have some tools to help make it easier for you?
1: So in the past, it's very manual, but nowadays, there's tons of influencer discovery platforms. So that actually saved me a lot of time and make it more effective in terms of checking out and vetting tens and hundreds of influencers a day.
0: Got it. And how do you evaluate the credibility and authenticity of an influencer? You talked about the authenticity part where you spend some time to evaluate the authenticity and the credibility of the influencer are there tools that help you do that also
1: yeah the tools like aspire iq or creator iq those type of platforms will help go through all those checks for you or someone like myself recruiting influencers got
0: it and they talk about the credibility authenticity score some sort of thing like that
1: yeah, so there's some sort of analytics of their content style that they will analyze and then show, okay, if this is a scale of one to 10, is it very authentic or not so authentic and that sort of thing. Awesome.
0: All right, I'm going to make a small plug about Philo as well and ask you to probably check us out as well. And Philo is also a platform that enables you to do that across a wide set of creators around the world. And one of the key things we want to focus on is actually not just authenticity and credibility, but also safety. A lot of brands and agencies that we work with also come to us to ask that, hey, the brands that I want to work with are very particular about knowing whether a creator or an influencer has posted about certain topics in the past that we don't want to work with, right? So a lot of safety elements, it could be about nudity, it could be about violence, it could be a variety of different topics, right? And that's hard manual work to do to first identify the right influencers who have all the metrics that you want and then go back. How long do you go back, right? Do you see posts from the last two months, three months, six months, 10 years, right? So we help brands do that as well. So just a gentle plug there, but let's go back to influencer recruitment. What has been one of the most challenging things for you as far as influencer recruitment is concerned? And can you share some anecdotes around how
1: you do this job really well? The recruiting part is not too hard. The part that's challenging is always helping the influencers matching with the brand. Sometimes the brand have a specific budget in mind in terms of pay per post or how much they want to spend per influencer. The ones that are flexible is great to work with. And the ones that are very firm on their rate, those are the ones that can be challenging. So it's always a balancing act, how you can make the influencers happy and make the brand side happy as well. Okay, awesome. Let's
0: talk about China, right? So the influencer marketing market in China is pretty big. It's far ahead as far as if you compare it with North America. And I think a large part of that is also because e-commerce is a large percentage of retail shopping in China compared to the US where U.S., Canada both, I think the e-commerce percentage is still pretty small as far as the total retail sales is concerned. What are some observations that you have made with respect to influencer marketing in China that you think could also be some good learning for folks who are starting into influencer marketing in North America?
1: Yeah, so in terms of e-commerce or influencers in China is that China with influencer marketing is mostly doing the live stream selling. So it's almost like influencer-guided sales. And that has been working very well for the China market. And so I have seen some of the companies here in the U.S. is starting to emulate that. So with the live stream selling that's starting to be doing here in the U.S. is still a bit of a uphill sort of challenge. Because a lot of the influencers here in the U.S. Are In the West are not uh, accustomed to long hours of live stream in front of the camera. Maybe 10-15 minutes is the max. So the live stream, a lot of influencers in the West are only accustomed to the short form video live streaming on TikTok. And of course, in China, they are not using all the different platforms that the West is using, like Instagram, YouTube, and whatnot. So that makes it very interesting and different when trying to promote to consumers in China. You basically have to use their own very geo-focused platform in China, maybe like WeChat or Weibo, to reach out to consumers and influencers through those platforms. You talked a
0: little bit about the whole live selling, that concept, which is very popular in China. I read a statistic from 2021, and there's a Singles Day shopping that happens, right? So for all of our listeners who don't know what Singles Day is, Liang, can
1: you tell how big Singles Day is? Yeah, Singles Day is like the Black Friday of China. That's like the single day where everything's on sale through all the e-commerce sites like Alibaba.
0: Yeah, and I read a statistic about Singles Day from October 2021, where two influencers, Lee Giaki and Via, uh, together on a live selling platform, sold $3 billion worth of products on a single day by two influencers, right? Yeah. Which is amazing. That is mind-blowing. Do you think that can ever happen in North America?
1: I think it'll take some time because it's all up to the influencers here to adapt and also to embrace live selling. So right now, the influencers I've seen that's starting to embrace that is on a platform like LTK or Like to Know It. And of course, Amazon has uh, their own live stream influencers as well. And so I think these are two big players that's really embracing that. And hopefully they'll make that more common for more influencers in the West to adopt this. Awesome. Can you tell a little bit
0: more about a recent influencer marketing campaign that you or your team helped execute that was very successful and maybe it was something different and
1: could be a good idea
0: or a good learning exercise for our
1: listeners? So last three years with the live stream selling being so popular in Asia, some of the brands I've been working with also have been looking to do that. So I was able to find a third party vendor that I partnered with to help some of these brands launch their own live stream selling for their products. And it actually worked out pretty well. And when the live stream take place, the vendor was simulcast the session on all the different social media platforms as well. So a lot of the brands were able to sell their products and get at least like three or four times ROI. Awesome, that's great. And talking about ROI, right? And is
0: that typically the metric that, you want to go for as well when you're talking
1: about success
0: or do you still also rely on other metrics?
1: That's one of the metrics. So ROI, a lot of the e-commerce companies are looking at ROI in terms of how much they're able to generate from the influencer campaign. Of course, we also want to see the reach that influencers can get from the campaign as well and the engagement. So all these are important. Awesome. Tell me a little bit more about any other emerging trends that you
0: see in influencer marketing. We talked a little bit about live sales and you know what's happening in China. What other trends do you see?
1: Yeah, the other trend is that influencer marketing merging with AI. So there are definitely platforms and companies out there that leverage AI to help identify where some of the popular products or trends that the consumers are looking for and then also with the influencer campaign that has launched before what are some of the things that the customer have purchased and then using ai to determine what are some of the relevant products or recommendations to the customers so that they are more keen to make their purchase okay awesome and
0: Moving a little bit from AI, Apple just recently announced their Vision Pro VR AR headset, right? Since that just got dropped yesterday, do you think any of that is going to make an appearance into
1: influencer marketing as well? Oh, I'm sure. Influencer marketing is always evolving. So I'm sure someone or some other company or startup will implement influencer with AI to make it more interactive. And anything that has video or that has interactive component, always the key to make the influencer campaign successful.
0: All right. Awesome. One fun question for you. If you were to take out some influencer
1: for lunch, who would that person be and why? I would say Charlie Dimello would be one because uh, she has been pretty good in terms of growing her follower base. And also her and her family are all influencers and they launched their own, like guess, the very first influencer VC fund. So that's a, quite a journey. So talking about influencer VC funds, right, I've
0: seen that a lot of companies also who are in the creator economy space have created some sort of small creator funds. How important do you think that this is for the whole ecosystem to grow? It seems like an obvious thing, but do you see money actually get
1: into the hands of creators or is this more of a branding exercise for companies? I think that will allow the creators to thrive in a growing space. And then of course, for the creator economy to grow even more. And so that's a huge sort of uncharted territory for more growth.
0: Got it. So Liang, any last comments or advice for anyone who is new to influencer marketing as a brand or as a marketer and you know is just getting started with influencer
1: marketing, what are some tips and advice you'd want to give? Well, there's definitely a lot of good blogs and information online to learn about influencer marketing. And so there's the Influencer Marketing Hub website and Social Media Examiner. These are sort of good sources to start with. And then there's definitely a lot of influencer marketing sort of conferences, a trade show throughout the year. So all those are good sources to start and to get familiarized how to navigate through the complicated area of influencer marketing to make it simplified.
0: Awesome, Liang. Thanks a lot. That was very helpful. Anything else that you would want to share with our listeners? Otherwise, I had a great time chatting with you.
1: I think I am good. I'm also uh, enjoyed our conversation today.
0: Awesome. It was great, Liang. Thank you so much for taking out time. It was great chatting with you. And there's lots of nuggets of information in our conversation that I'm sure a lot of our audience
1: will find helpful. Thank you.
0: Impulse, In the influencer marketing podcast, is brought to you by Philo. Philo is the easiest way to get access to authenticated creator data from hundreds of different platforms. To know more about Philo, visit getfillo.com. That's get phyll Also, make sure to search for Influencer Marketing Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast listening platforms. And don't forget to click subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Philo, thank you so much for listening.